Ladies and gentlemen of the media, uh, FIA President Jean Tot. Hello. I'm delighted to crown Ferrari the 2010 Formula One World Champions. Uh, Monsieur Todd, I think we have to have some races first. What? Still? Hello and welcome to the first episode of Gareth Jones on Speed for Season 6, 2010, henceforth to be known as Gaz Top on Speed due to contractual obligations to something I said in the last series. With me, as always, Zog and Richard. Hi, fellas. Hello there. Hello. We're excited to have you back. It's nice to be back. It's been a while. Because uh, both you and I, Gareth, have been around the world and we ee couldn't find our baby. <laughs> no, that was Lisa Stansfield. You're confusing uh, yourself with Lisa, Lisa Stansfield. Stansfield. Yeah, yeah, but no, we've been freezing both, here in London. Yeah, well, we're going we, you know, to talk about that next in the next show. show. More on because what we've we been doing. Much to discuss. Well, it, one so or two things on. have happened uh, in our absence. Um, let's start with the big news. Well, the change of management at Virgin Manor F. Oh, it's not that. No, no, it's not mm-hmm. that at all. No. What's his name? Mickey Shoe something coming back to Formula One? Michael uh, something. Yeah, Some, Mike. 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 Mike Shoemaker. Mike Shoemaker. A bit handy, mm. Young, the, young guy. The reason why you've now got to change your name to Gaz Top. <laughs> I said on the programme that if he did come back, I would change my name to Gaz Top. I think maybe just for this one programme. Just call me Gaz today. Okay. Yeah. And do you like the hair, by the way? Back combed up here. Yeah. Yeah, not sure on that snotty green fella you brought with you. <laughs> Overseas listeners will have no idea what we're on about. But, uh, Google a programme called Get Fresh from the 80s. It was great. <laughs> and talking about 80s, Michael Schumacher. Oh, actually, it was 90s, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, he, wasn't, he was around in the 80s, otherwise he would be <laughs> 20 at most now. In which case, he'd be the hotshot young guy. But he's not. He's the hotshot old guy. This is the weird thing. Well, and this is the thing. How much of a hotshot is he, is he going to be at, um, what, 41, I think he is now? Yeah. Um, um, he's going to be the oldest guy in the field. How good is he going to be? What do you reckon? Well, I don't think he's going to win. As in, I don't think he's going to win the championship. I think he'll win some races. He won't be happy with that, though, will he? Well, well no, and that's hopefully what will make this season terrific, is that he's he's a racer of the finest type. Well, I mean, apart from some of the dirty things that he did in the past, but he's one of those people who won't just go, do you know what? 18th is probably okay. I'll just cruise around at <laughs> the back, yeah, keep yeah. out of trouble, look after the engine. You know, he's just, that's not in his psyche in the same way that I don't think it's in Lewis Hamilton's psyche. And therein lies potentially one of the great scraps of this season. Assuming, of course, that Mercedes is any good. Yeah, and you say the great scrap of the season, but, but I think we've got a bunch of great scraps coming up because there's, you know, inter-team competition. I think, you know, the, the Lewis-Jensen thing is going to yeah. be a great little battle. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how Rosberg and Schumacher go together in that I think this is going to be a great test for Rosberg because uh, you know if he really is as good as so many people reckon he is then you know this is the year that he has to show it if, mm-hmm. if he's beaten by Schumacher by too great a margin and if he can't really learn from Schumacher in this year then I think you know his star is going to be fading this is the year where he really has to prove himself and who better to learn from than Schumacher yeah. uh, many have crumbled whilst being Schumi's teammate all extremely 
competent uh, racers have watched their careers fritter and crumble away as soon as they're measured against Herr Schumacher. It'll either be the making or the breaking of Nico Rosberg, that much is certain, and uh, and also probably for about a dozen other drivers in the field as well, with Schumacher the benchmark there. You know, if you can't compete against Schumacher, there's no point having you in the team. Any team. The prospect of Schumacher coming in as, you know, the old master and competing head-to-head against Lewis, against Vettel. We've got an absolutely fantastic season in prospect. I can't wait to see it unfold. So just minutes away from the start of the 2010 F1 season here in Melbourne and on the grid there, the champion returns. Michael Schumacher about to get into his Mercedes for... No, wait. What's this? He's uh, he's not getting into the car and we're hearing from our reporters on the grid. He's he's apparently... He's got a bit of a hurty neck and he can't be bothered, so he's going home. And yes, the rest of the grid has decided this is already rather disappointing and there's no point in racing, so they're all going home too. Um, goodbye. Schumacher in Formula 1 in 2010 isn't the only big news. Uh, The other big news is, will any of the three, or is it four teams who are coming into F1 this year, will they actually turn up? We've got US F1, we've got Lotish... That's what I call them. It's not really Lotus, they're Lotus-ish, okay. aren't they? Yeah. Lotus-ish. Although I am also contractually obliged, whenever we say Lotus, to say Malaysia truly Asia. I've got to say that as well. Uh, who else? Campos Meta. Yeah. And uh, and US BMW Sauber, who have got Ferrari engines. Yeah, now that's a bit confusing. And what's this Stefan GP who might or might not be around, or the Serbian Vol- setup? There? Vol- I don't know. It sounds like some kind of nineties BBC after the news drama series. <laughs> Stefan GP. He's like a doctor who solves crimes in his spare time. That's no name for a team. It's rubbish. He's like a vulture at the moment. I think he's hovering around the carcasses, yeah. the rotting carcasses of the new teams. And if one of those teams sort of fails, he'll be in there. I'll have them and call it Stefan GB. So he's a vulturous doctor. <laughs> vulturous doctor detective. Uh, yes, yeah. well, no, I mean, that's a kind of hobby, but so he's damn good detective. Uh, but the one- you keep your nose out of this, Dr. Stefan. <laughs> Not so fast, Chief Inspector. Where were you on the night of the 7th? <laughs> I was qualifying. A, he probably drives a Bristol or something. They always have but a, with a Ferrari engine. Yeah. <laughs> That's a trend for confusing. Um, Campos of the the new teams is the one which uh, has got me scratching my head most at the moment. They've signed Bruno Senna. Hooray, good thing. Uh-huh. They are mooted to be desperate for cash. And Tony Texera, him what owned A1 GP owns A1 GP, is supposed to be buying into the team. Oh, so that's where the A1GP money is, is it? Well, the thing is, you know, if you can't get enough money together to keep A1GP going, how are you going to find the money to put into uh, Campos Meadow? That, well, that, that, I that's don't my know. Well, also, uh, I heard that he was playing competitive Scrabble and he put down his own name over a triple word score. <laughs> <laughs> One million well. points. And he was, oh, One uh, million, million points. One million points. Million. And it turns out in competitive Scrabble that points means pounds. So I was going to say, that was you had a... Pounds. Really? 
yeah. for using the X. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm, I'd be terrified. If I worked for Campos Meta and thought that Tony Texera was about to be my boss, I'd be terrified. I'd be jumping off that bridge in Spain that they have over water that people jump on <laughs> you can try and narrow it down <laughs> I gather there's several although not in Madrid which is I think the only European capital not built on a major waterway <laughs> what, what are you doing I was visualising the bridge You're bridge based mirth it's, it's the one that they drive around in the uh, the Valencia circuit there's a bridge isn't oh, there yeah, that yeah. particular the, one the, the tapas bridge that's it yes the bullfighting <laughs> bridge the bullfighting yeah. The lisping bridge. We could yeah. go on with national stereotypes all day. The, sta- the sangria let's bridge. Let's go. Let's continue having a go at Tony Textiles or whatever his name is for, <laughs> for, for his suspicious Take investment in the Hamel Matter team. USF. No, Hamel Matter's my mate. I Hamel Matter. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? Campos Matter. I've got a friend called Hamel Matter. Hello, Hamel. Really? Yeah. Hamel Matter. Hamel Matter. Yeah. It's spelt differently, and that's not—he's not a Formula One team any more than Stefan GP as a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? This is jet lag, isn't it? This is oh, what's going on. It's jet lag. It's kicking in. Um, more of that in the next program. <laughs> Where are we? Zog, you I had an interesting think... point to make about USF One. You were talking earlier on oh, about no, their yeah, car. No, I just thought it was—I mean, you know—all this stuff about you know who's going to make it to the grid. Aside, the, the thing that interests me about the new teams got a, quite a geeky note. Is, uh, Can I just say good then? Yeah, hold up, no problem with that. Um, is that two of the teams are going to be turning up with cars that haven't seen a wind tunnel yet? They've been designed entirely using CFD. You know, sorry, yeah, USF One yeah. and Mana. Yeah. Um, sorry, Virgin. Um, both have cars that have been designed entirely on computers. Yeah. CFD, computational now, flow dynamics. Now, Nick, Wor- dynamics Nick Worth, who's designed the Virgin Mana car. Yeah designed the Acura car that's racing in the American Le Mans series. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that was a completely CFD car, wasn't it? Yeah, is, it was. Is it computational fluid dynamics or computational flow dynamics? No idea. I, One, I thought fluid, it was flow, but fluid sounds but, right. I think I got flow from that song that you did a while yeah, ago. I mumbled did, it because I wasn't yeah, certain if it was fluid or flow. Yeah, but in any case, you know, whichever it is, you know, it, 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 it's the same thing. It's using computers to crunch the numbers and mm. you know, do the modelling of what you would otherwise test in a wind tunnel. Yeah. Um, and I just think this is going to be a fascinating test of how good that technology is because obviously those guys reckon that uh, it is good enough. Well, and also that they're going to save money by doing it this way. It's going to be cheaper to do that than to buy time in wind tunnels to make lots of models. But I have read a couple of things that suggest that actually if, if you do this all this stuff properly, CFD isn't that cheap. If you really yeah, if you, so if that's you do what it properly, because you've got to have supercomputers and a yeah. lot of what, and it what does what actually take rendering a, time or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and you've actually got to spend a long time on even these quite powerful sort of server farms. I suppose you can just have to, a computer put in though and then it's there and it's probably cheaper. Well, is it cheaper to have that than a wind tunnel built? Wind or do you rent space on someone easy. else's machine? Is that what you do oh, right. down really? the line? Well, you can do. I think you can do it either Same way. Same way that you rent a wind tunnel, but then that's you've got to get the building a model. I suppose is it quicker? Well, it's quicker to make changes. N- ah! n- not necessarily, and it can be. It can be easier, I believe, on a wind tunnel to change several things at once and you know get a result from investigating what you do if you change several parameters. In some ways, CFD can be more limiting. This is the thing. Hopefully, we're going to get a practical demonstration of how far you can get 
towards producing a really right. good race car design using CFD yeah, yeah. compared to the wind tunnel watch approach. This, watch this watch space. This, mm. yeah. uh, they're not actually going to be called Virgin Manor, are they? They're going to be called Virgin in F1. Or Virgin, Virgin Racing? Virgin Racing. Right. Because Virgin Manor sounds like a porn film. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mr. Longcock, welcome to Virgin Manor. <laughs> Are you comfortable holding your own helmet? Oh, I'd rather you did it. Know what I mean? Boy. Oh, cheeky. Now, Mr. Longcock, would you like to see my wind tunnel? Oh, not off. Boy. Behave yourself. Here it is. <laughs> what? Hang on. This is just a computerised simulation of an aerodynamics testing facility. It's computational fluid dynamics. Whoa, no way, that's not a doodle, Tondra. Virgin Manor is not what I imagined. Oh, hello, I'm uh, Richard Branson. And this bird's got a bloody beard. <laughs> The end of 2009 and the start of 2010, I don't think was a particularly good time to be Swedish and interested in cars. That's the proviso there. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's probably very nice being Swedish, you know. Yeah, the quality of yeah. life and yeah. all that. That's Fresh fantastic. air, yeah. fondue. Yeah, Mind you, I mean, I don't know if, 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 if it's snowing yeah. where you are. What did you just say? It's <laughs> not great pornography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you've got a point, yeah. yeah. Quite good, close harmony. Should we do that again? Saab and Volvo first of all hang on we'll come to Saab in a moment first of all Volvo Ford have sold off Volvo to Geely the emerging Chinese manufacturer who've got designs on coming into Europe haven't they Mm. and they're going to do it with Volvo I think this is rubbish news for Volvo and I think Ford have shot themselves in the foot in doing this as well shall I explain why or do you no go on I would like to know. Well, I I think Volvo have some pretty top technology, uh, access to some pretty hip and useful technology, which the only way that we're ever going to stay ahead of keeping the Chinese from consuming the entire motor industry is protecting that well, IP. Yeah, but, but what technology do you mean specifically? Cause I think it's a really strong brand rather than anything else. They've got this, yeah. it, 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 above all, it is the safe, safe in the good way. In other words, safety on the road yeah. as opposed to unimaginative. You know, above all other brands, that is the car brand that you associate with safe motor. Well, what's quite interesting with Volvo is the way that they don't really play up safety in their advertising anymore because everyone else does mm-hmm. and they're quite happy to sit back because I think when well, you say if you went to the street and went Volvo, Volvo say one it's word they go safe yeah. and that's fine all that work they did throughout the sort of 70s and 80s in their advertising and it got rather tedious and everyone thought of Volvos as boring but you know now it's all come back to be on their side because mm. safety sells big style and you know they were Fords it's an odd thing that Ford's getting rid in as much as I know why because they're trying to consolidate around Ford and not ancillary stuff but Volvo was Ford's sort of centre of excellence for safety and Volvo have this hugely expensive and very complicated safety lab up in Sweden and things as diverse as, as you know sort of Fiestas and the Aston DB9 all the crash testing for that was done up there so they're losing that unless exactly. they maintain some kind of contractual obligation which I, I doubt they would but as far as technology is concerned a lot of that is supplier driven you know Bosch will come up with uh, well, the new a better air radar, bag yeah, better airbag, radar cruise control, yeah. or uh, one of these sort of stay awake systems. And yeah, someone like Volvo will drive that by saying, "We really want to do this, and we'll work with you." But the way that the modern industry works generally is that it is a partnership, and that suppliers drive an awful lot of it. Which is why 
a lot of technology will appear first on, say, a BMW, but then the next thing you know, Jag's got it and Merck's got it and Audi right. and then Volvo. So mm. I don't really think Volvo's giving away too many secrets in that respect because what the Chinese can do, if they so choose, is just... Choose to go direct to Ricardo to yeah, get Jag exactly. to They'll do Bosch. It it's just mm. about writing a big or enough check. engineer something. If yes, you know, well, exactly, back. which they've, they've proved they can do with basic car designs. I mean, it will mean that Volvo will now stop using numbers and get some ridiculous names for their cars if they're owned by a <laughs> Chinese company. Still my favourite one, which I, th- I, I don't know whether this made the final edit because I was abroad when the last Top Gear of the series went out, but something that I discovered just before when we were writing the awards uh, segment was the Cool Bear the Great Wall Cool Bear. Great Wall Cool Great Bear. Great Wall Cool Bear. Great Wall, as we know. Exactly. The Great Wall are the kings of reverse engineering. They've essentially just bought a fleet of Toyotas and then dismantled them and made their own. Hmm. And the Cool Bear is, I think, a knockoff of that Scion XB, I think, that little yeah, sort yeah. Of funny little Toyota thing that's yeah. also a Toyota in Japan. And so could we see the, the Volvo large wardrobe happy face yeah it will be it'll just be be smiling ocean smiling ocean safe box mysterious wind eight as well that's that's right isn't it eight's really lucky in in China Uh, and six one five no 64 is bad eight is good 64 is bad oh it's the 13 of China 64 which is why why the Alfa Romeo by eight though which is why the Alfa Romeo 164 was sold as the 166 in China did you know that's it yeah well didn't they didn't they increase the production run of I can't remember which Ferrari model it was. They originally were going to build 444 of them, mm. um, but because it was considered bad luck in the Chinese market, they built another four. So they built 448 of them, just to be I, on the that safe does side. Ring a bell, but uh, yeah, I um, can't remember what that was. Five nine nine, maybe. Quite. Uh, quite uh, sure. Oh, it might have been the Enzo. Ferrari usually built 499 of their limited run cars. Yeah, so, 399. Build- I can't remember. Baker's does. I don't know. We should check off facts. We should check off facts, don't we? we should, oh, we should make a mark. <laughs> Belated it's more fun. New Year's resolution. <laughs> yeah. No one knows any better. Someone said to me a while ago, "How much rehearsal do you do for that podcast of yours?" And I went, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, none. Here's oh, your answer. Doesn't, doesn't show. <laughs> I tell you the rehearsal we do on the way into the living room. So says, "Oh, have you heard that thing about?" And we're recording. Yeah. That's about it, mate. I'm telling you. All right. So bad news for Volvo. Are they going to be all right? Do you think, Rich? Um, I called you Rich on air, baby. That's very I cute. Gas. <laughs> Oh, uh-huh. But you are contractually gas for this program. <laughs> um, will Volvo be all right? It's you know it's so hard to say because I think they are a, a valuable car company as much as if it all goes horribly wrong with Chinese ownership. That uh, assuming that there's someone else out there who's got the money that they are worth buying. I also think if it really came down to it, that perhaps this time around the Swedish government couldn't bear to let its only remaining car company go down. Who knows? But that's all worst case scenario down the line as it stands they've been very good and they were profitable for quite a while but then they started making a loss because they had to sort of start investing in the next generation platform they've been incredibly clever in spinning off a number of cars from one mm-hmm. basic platform and box of bits which in, in the escort car world, sorry the means, escort the, the escort the focus I'm so 80s it's the gas top in me <laughs> <laughs> But no, they, well, no, because they, they they came up with their own platform called P2, uh-huh. which started off under the old S80 and then was also used under the S60, the V70, and most successfully the XC90, a huge seller for them on a generic platform, and has been a massive success. And, and they, you know, the, the, I think one of the things they were shocked about is that, that everybody wanted the really expensive top of the range model, Kaching for them. Mm. So that was good. Mm. But then now we've got the sort of the new S80, the new V70. They're on the sort of an evolution of that platform it's the platform that's underneath some American Fords that's how Ford was the, so the, impressed the, with what's it what's that big uh, the 500 well the 500 which then became a Taurus again yeah and is still a Taurus in fact uh 
or is it the new tour? I've, I've, we'll talk about this in the next program. Actually, okay. they've got that as a very successful sort of business model, but they've got to keep it up. They basically need to develop a, a whole new box of bits for the next generation. The V50 and the S40 are sort of separate to that because they are on the focus box of parts. But I mean, again, it's like, what do they do then? How do they replace it? Do they go back to someone like Mitsubishi as they did with the old S40 and? And oh, get a bunk up there. That was horrible. Oh, yeah, I know. Or even yeah, yeah. even Daff. No, they didn't exist anymore, <laughs> did they? Yeah. I'm quite fond of Volvo. I've said this on the show before. I think it's a brilliant brand for the 21st century, and I think it's a real coup of the Chinese to get hold of it. I think that you know they'll they'll do well with that. I've got a Volvo coming. I think I've got a V70 Drive E, is it they mm-hmm. call it? You know, the eco mm-hmm. version. I've got a few trips to do up to Derbyshire, and I want to do it as economically as possible. And I figured this might be the car to do it. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Get set for pleasantness, though. Mm, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, a bit of pleasant. Ju- pleasant. pleasant. I haven't driven that but drive E one, but the V seventy I've driven, and it's just pleasant, severe, pleasant car. I've got a big soft spot for Volvo because uh, one of my favourite uh, of my old cars was uh, the P eighteen hundred that I had a few mm. years ago, which was absolutely fantastic. And for a car of that age, it was incredibly reliable and so beautiful. It was actually a Jensen, wasn't it? Wasn't it built by Jensen in this country? No, we know that some, some uh, yeah. were built by Jensen for a while, yeah. but they stopped that because the quality wasn't up to much. Uh-huh. Uh, and no, no, the one I had was built in was, was built in Sweden. I, uh, I like the C30 because it, it does evoke. The old P eighteen hundred ES, which I mean, I like me. I always like I like me shooting brakes. You know me. Yeah, it's yeah. a nice looking little car. That they've just put a new nose on it, which I don't think entirely works. But generally, yes, they've got a nice looking range of cars. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just brimming with pleasantness. Ford make much in America of the fact that they own Volvo. You know, when you buy a Volvo in America, in the rear window, it's got a sticker that says "Volvo brought to you by Ford." Do you know that? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. And in Britain, people got no idea. Uh, In China, I guess, people haven't even heard of Volvo. It doesn't mean anything Well, I don't know, but it still seems to be an open market over there in as much as there are no preconceptions. We've Mm. talked about this on the show before, and it's like Buick is seen as quite cool and quite desirable over there, whereas a little bit of a laughing stock in the US, a bit of an old person's car. Mm. Although, again, we'll talk about this next show, because I think they're trying to turn that around by making shot car some nice-looking cars. Same with Rover. But again, no preconceptions on Rover, no thought that they're sort of uh, old people's cars or whatever people think in this country. So they've just gone in there and then had to use a sort of bastardised version of the name and a bastardised version of the cars. And and, and I don't know how that's working out. Not well, by the sounds of it. But uh, Buick's doing all right out there. Very Great. Uh, And and they sell some extraordinary cars as Buicks as well. There's a rebodied Kia, no, rebadged Kia Sedona is sold as a a Buick in, in China, staggeringly. It's with all manner of stuff going bonkers. on over there. Which, which started this talking about um, generally Swedish cars, not just Volvo, because poor old Saab. Terrible, terrible sad news. Just before Christmas, was it? Just before, yeah, it was Christmas Eve, I think. Yeah. That, that Saab, that GM had given up trying to find a buyer for it because the conditions under which they were trying to sell the company mm. really w- wasn't making it possible for anyone to buy the company because they wouldn't sell the intellectual property that the cars use because it's GM property and this is the real problem isn't yeah. it and so well. they've allowed it to go unless Bernie buys it which is the latest thing Bernie Eccleston and the Genie Capital uh, yeah. investment group from Luxembourg are putting a bid together to buy Saab oh, you could to what end I mean the I Bernie thing seems a, seemed a, uh, a very odd twist yeah I mean, apparently he has uh, 
plans to to use the Saab name in in motorsport in in a big way. So um, does this mean Bernie gets into World Rally Championship? Because he's not going to take him into F1, is he? If he manages to buy it. Well, also, hang on, he sort of owns the sport and then he's going to have his personal team in it. I mean... He's done it well, before, yeah, Brabham. Well, I yeah. suppose. But I think, as you say, it, it, it's more likely that he do something in a, in a sport other than F1. I mm. think it would be more, yeah, more like... Really so it's, it's, it is bizarre, and it's uh, I, I can't see it working out. The, the most convincing bid was Koenigsegg, and, and they bailed when they were very close to signing. I mean, Christian Koenigsegg, the, the man behind Koenigsegg, was giving interviews talking about, you know, when he got the keys to Saab... He was he was really looking forward to sorting it mm. out, and then suddenly he was they... really looking forward to finding the slot where the key actually goes. Yeah, in. I think that's what it was. Yeah. He, he was down by the handbrake. He couldn't find he it. Didn't so know he it was down by the handbrake. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Terry. Yeah, it seems like it's all it's all it's over. It's weird, isn't and it? And there was this rumor that it's funny, isn't it? How we're all bothered about this, and it's yeah. sort of like yeah. Yeah. actually, how many great cars have Saab made? One or oh, two, one or two. But they were and so memorable that know, you do have this enduring passion. I mean, I great affection for them. That's sort of out of all proportion to their actual excellence, but in some way that the world seems to be a better place because they existed. A, a cousin of mine had a, was a was a big Saab fan for mm. years, uh, and he was heartbroken when on one occasion he was doing a gig in New York or something, came back to the UK to find that uh, the family Saab had died and his wife had, in the meantime, replaced it with something that wasn't a Saab, mm. uh, which it, it, he couldn't understand. Why on earth mm-hmm. would you, could you possibly replace a Saab with, with something that wasn't a Saab? Two, two interesting things about this. First of all, the, the new 9.5, which, again, is another reason why I sort of find myself disproportionately sad about Saab going down, is because I was quite looking forward to seeing what that car was like yeah. and hoping that it was quite good, because mm. I like the look of it, and it's based on the... Insignia chassis and electronics package and everything, and the Insignia is actually quite a good car. So that was promising. And the and Aero, the that, that that concept was gorgeous. Yeah, there was no way in a million yeah. billion years they were ever going to do that. Although Koenigsegg is still sort of saying that if all Saab falls apart, they wouldn't mind buying the design to that. Really? Which mm, wow. interesting. The new nine five. But now there was a rumor. I was actually speaking of Buick that it was the, the whole production line would just be taken wholesale out to China and it would become a Buick out there an exclusive sort of China only Buick to start mm. with now apparently GM in Europe have, have denied that's true and say that if no buyer is found for Saab as it looks likely the new 9.5 will be a stillborn car but there are dozens of them out there pre-production cars you know still mm. being being tested even just this week Saab released some photos of the first 9.5s coming down the production line along with the first Nine three cabrios to be built in their Swedish factory because up until now they've been built in, in um, Valmet in Val by yeah, Valmet yeah, in Finland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, it's a really odd thing that and again the, sort of the only Swedish built nine three cabrios will become huge collectors items. Wow. Mm. and the nine fives will just become these extraordinary sort of the curios. Rarities, but what a, yeah. what a thing. like the Tucker of its yeah, age. Yeah, the Tucker yeah. of its age. Or we were, we were talking about before we came on air the Leyland four seven. If you don't know what that is, please don't ask me to explain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you know, we'll you know. So yeah, that's all I say is that, that it's very. I think it's very sob uh, about sad. It's very sad. It's about very sob about the jet lag again. And um, <laughs> you know, I think it is probably too late. I don't think we've ever ever said anything remotely like this on this program before. Clearly, as we're in 2010, we're in the dawning of a, a new age. 
I really hope Bernie has success and manages to buy <laughs> this firm just to save it. I don't want Saab to go. I really feel... Je- well, I've owned Saab, so I come from a family of Saab yeah. owners. I've owned two. Ma- Gaz Top had a free Saab back in the 80s. Sorry, Did he? Uh, you? Sorry, I had a free yeah. Saab <laughs> back in the 80s for a while. One that Timothy Dalton had before me as well. He was, there was a film in which Timothy Dalton... He was in Doctor Who recently. Was yes, he? he was. Yeah, very, was with a very Welsh accent. I've never heard him sound so Colwyn Bay. Yeah, the voiceover really annoyed me until I realised it was Timothy Dalton being a Time Lord. Yeah, being a Welsh Time Lord. That just brings one final point about Saabs. If Saab go down, eventually in a few years' time there'll be less and less second-hand Saabs that are looking a bit scruffy but interesting and that will pose a major problem for movie producers who want to make it clear that a character is interesting and alternative. Give him a Saab. Give him a Saab. (laughs) State of play, have you seen that? Uh, The soloists, sideways, interesting, alternative, liberal, free-thinking American character, give him a Saab. And there's one street, there's one street in Islington which I drive down regularly which every other car probably, every certainly every third car is a Saab. Yeah. If Saab disappeared that street's going to be bereft what of cars. What nice, pleasant, reasonable people in Blackwell next drive? You've been listening to Gareth Jones on speed. Sorry, you've been listening to Gas Top on speed <laughs> with Zog. See ya. With Richard Porter. Goodbye. And me and apparently I'm called Gas Top. See you next time. Bye guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!